Welcome to the Newsbusters podcast with your host, executive editor of Newsbusters, Tim Graham. Hello and welcome to our daily dumpster dive into the liberal media at Newsbusters. Yes, here we're not afraid to buy koozies with eagles and guns on them for the 4th of July. Did you see this? I guess like Kroger and Harris Teeter were like pulling these, oh, inappropriate can coolers because they have an eagle and a gun on it and maybe the word America. (laughs) Now, I don't necessarily buy what might be called the uber patriotic merchandise. I'm... I like my old Navy flag T-shirts. I, you know, I'm a patriotic dude, uh, but it's just funny that it's like, apparently, like a couple of ladies complained on Twitter, like, I don't like guns on the koozies, and they're all like, Oh, we're so sorry. We'll withdraw them immediately. Okay. <sighs> Social media. The things that it can do and the corporate courage or cowardice, depending on whether you're a conservative or a liberal. It's cowardice if you don't do what the liberals tell you to do. It's courage when you do exactly what the liberals tell you to do. Well, we are laser focused on abortion right now with a Supreme Court decision still looming and the Democrats... Still grooming. Well, no, that's a different issue. But the Democrats are are running around saying, you know, hey, this might be able to save us in the midterms. And, of course, they also, since they're entertaining all sorts of cognitive dissonance, it, uh, this just really has doesn't have much to do with religion. Tieran Rose, T.R. Mandelberg, blogged a clip of Kamala Harris. On June 17, at the tarmac outside Dulles International Airport, near our offices, Vice President Harris claimed that supporting abortion rights doesn't really require anyone to change their faith. Really? So we're going to see. I've I've been convening. I've convened faith leaders. And, you know, for for those of us... of faith, I think that we we agree, many of us, that there's nothing about this issue that will require anyone to abandon their faith or change their faith. It's simply saying that the government should not have the ability to decide what an individual does with her own body. Kamala is supposedly a practicing Baptist, but it seems like she hasn't read the Bible. It's sort of like saying, oh yes, Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden, devout Catholics. And so they, they, they play this game of like, oh, well, I'm pro-choice. I don't have to get an abortion. I just have to get the government to pay for yours. I don't have to get an abortion, but I do have to defend Planned Parenthood getting millions every year in government subsidies on top of their profits from selling dead baby body parts. <gasps> but you can't talk about that. The media won't let you. And they won't let you remember that Kamala prosecuted David Delayden for having those tapes. Yeah, so much for... We're pro-free press in the Democratic Party. T. 
TR notes, the Bible suggests abortion is a grave sin. If they're going to pay any attention to the Bible, Psalm 139 says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. That does not sound like the old clump of cells defense. We often remember the first chapter of Jeremiah where the Lord says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I dedicated you. And now... Kamala, the Bible scholar, would say, well, maybe God had special plans for Jeremiah, but not for everybody. You know, the fact of the matter is when the Democrats come around to this, I mean, basically, let's face it, most of their voters are nuns, not N-U-N-S, but N-O-N-E-S. They're none. They have no religion. None. So, you know, I don't care what God thinks about that because he doesn't exist. But Kamala's trying to say, oh, no, you can be a very a Christian in good standing and be for all kinds of abortions. Isn't that convenient? Speaking of convenient, or in this case, inconvenient, CNSnews.com intern Janie Olihan was making life difficult for Nancy Pelosi at her press briefing. Yes, she cited what St. John Paul II said in his encyclical Evangelium Vitae, that abortion is murder. Janie also pointed out that even Pope Francis, the liberal pope they like, told the Pontifical Academy for Life that abortion is truly murder. Many, many Americans think abortion is murder. Nancy Pelosi doesn't like the question, is going to kind of try to dance out of it. Uh, what I agree on is that whatever I believe or agree with the popes on is not necessarily what public policy should be in the United States as m- people make their own judgments, honor their own responsibilities, uh, and uh, uh, attend to the needs of their families. Another reporter, surely not a liberal media reporter, eh? asked Pelosi about the plethora of vandalism and firebombs and all that fun at crisis pregnancy centers, pro-life offices, and Catholic churches, and noted the Democrats aren't condemning it. And in response, Pelosi didn't condemn it. A woman has a right to choose, to live up to her responsibility. It's up to her, her doctor, her family, her husband, her, her significant other and her God. Uh, This talk of politicizing all of this, I think, is something uniquely American and not right. Other countries, Ireland, Italy, Mexico, have had legislative initiatives uh, to expand a woman's right uh, to choose. Very Catholic countries. I'm a very Catholic person, and I believe in every woman's right to make her own decisions. So you can catch Nancy Pelosi raining all kinds of praise on the drag queens during her latest cameo on RuPaul's Drag Race on VH1. Drag queens are the essence of America, don't you know? But somehow she can't discourage vandalism at Catholic churches. She's very Catholic, but not so much when it... You notice this about liberals? When their people are threatening uh, Supreme Court justices with death, eh. 
when they're protesting outside their houses, even though that's against federal law, eh, we 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 support protests no matter how illegal. <laughs> this is where the Democrats are, and we have a media that enables Democrats to take positions that somehow kind of not make any sense. It certainly doesn't make any sense to say religion and abortion can go together just swimmingly. Well, that might be true if you're an Episcopalian or a Unitarian. But for most of us, the two are oil and water. On the front page of USA Today on Wednesday, big headline over a picture of the Supreme Court Abortion bans could cost states residents. Now, I don't mean to be too cute, but can't we make the obvious point that abortions cost states residents? It kills people who would become residents? No copy editor at USA Today must have asked that question. The subhead, poll, colon, 31% say restrictions would make a place less desirable, suggesting problem for cities trying to attract young people. See, this is where the liberal media is today. Red states and cities are always less desirable unless you are welcoming to leftist woke kids who want everyone to agree with them everywhere or they're, it's not a desirable place to live. It's also not a desirable place to work unless you pander to them and give them everything they want. Yes, USA Today apparently wants America to be run by woke 20-somethings. Susan Page and Kenneth Tran begin their story. In the category of unintended consequences, consider this. Nearly a third of Americans say they would find a state less desirable as a place to live if it banned abortions. 31% say less desirable. Just 5% say it would make the state more desirable. The negative reaction is particularly strong among young people. 42% of those 18 to 25 and those with more education. Ah, yes, the liberals love that. Voters with more education aren't so backwards on killing the babies. Now, let's turn for a minute to page 3A, where the poll isn't as helpful. The headline, Poll, a reversal of Roe won't rescue Dems in midterms. Economy overshadows other concerns for most. Notice this was the page 3 headline and not the page 1 headline. <laughs> yes, they began Democratic strategists who hope a Supreme Court decision overturning Roe v. Wade would transform the midterm's political landscape in their favor may be in for a disappointment. Oh. In a new poll by USA Today and Suffolk University, even those Americans who oppose striking down the landmark decision say by 2 to 1 or 59 to 29%, the economy will be more important to their vote in November. 7 in 10 say the high court's action would have no effect on whether they choose to cast a ballot. They find a voter to say gas prices going up too high. The inflation rate is ridiculous. Oh, how dare you? We should note this was also on the front page underneath the abortion story. Rednecks for rainbows. 
Signs of pride, capital P, grow in rural areas. Advocates say small-town America getting more tolerant. Yes, this is a good news story. Pulaski, Tennessee, Chris Kenning reports, When this rural town's fledgling pride festival kicked off June 11, organizers braced for protests. Critics had made their opposition known. Sheriff's deputies were on hand to prevent trouble. But by mid-afternoon, just one man holding a repent sign stood outside the agricultural park near Pulaski, a town of 7,600 residents. Isn't that nice? Right next to that, USA Today snapshots. Businesses taking pro-LGBTQ plus stance. It's an Ipsos survey for MetLife and the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. U.S. small business owners on being okay with losing customers over supporting the LGBTQ plus community. Strongly agree, 30%. Somewhat agree, 42%. So apparently 72% of small business owners say, I'll take it on the chin for the gays. Strongly disagree 12%, somewhat disagree 12%. Now, on some level, you, you, you do understand that on some level when you're asked this question in a poll, you know, a lot of businesses can be accused of being pro-pride because it's a marketing tool. We want our straight customers and we want the gay customers too, so we'll put out our pro-gay messaging to make maximum profits. It's a little dicier when you say, are you willing to lose business? over your rainbow activities. But USA Today's front page says, hey, rednecks are for rainbows now, so what are you really worried about? Then in addition to the front page on abortion in USA Today on Wednesday, there's an eight-page special section that's very personal to the editor-in-chief of USA Today. It's Nicole Carroll telling the story of her mother getting an abortion in 1975. Headline, my mom, single with three kids, had an abortion almost 50 years ago. My family is finally talking about it. So there's this story that goes on for like six pages. You know, I mean, it's if you're really that invested, you know, if you're really that pro-abortion, you're going to get invested. Now, now I guess part of the, the process here is they just think, this issue's too fraught, and we need to talk about it. Well, part of what they're saying is we don't want there to be a stigma. What liberal journalists really want is, well, we'll keep talking about it till you all come around to our point of view. However, we should say this. On 7D of the eight-page section, there is sort of a rebuttal article, or at least a something more to the center. Headline, overturning Roe won't end abortions, but it may be good for democracy. Ingrid Jakes, a columnist at USA Today, was making the obvious point that the Supreme Court ruling probably won't make abortion illegal for all Americans. It's going to give it back to the states. That few scholars think Roe versus Wade was rightly decided in 1973. And, you know, despite all the uproar over Roe, overturning this precedent could be the surest way for Americans to assure they are living under governments that best reflect their values. So it's not all super 100% pro-abort. 
Sticking with the abortion theme, our Scott Whitlock, who does the flashbacks, sometimes goes into the musty archives, pulled up some old footage for our Saturday slate last weekend. Speaking about a new podcast on abortion in a Trevor Noah interview, Katie Couric declared, I run my own show and I can speak out about the need for sensible gun laws and I can be an activist and everyone should be an activist. Couric gushed she felt liberated, incredibly liberated in her new role as an activist, to which we say, huh? She was making gun propaganda just a few years ago and editing out all the things that were, you know, maybe a little too true. Uh, on abortion, she admitted in her memoir she wanted to edit things out to make things look better for RBG because she was a fan of RBG. Anyway, what Scott Whitlock pulled up was an interview from almost 25 years ago in September of 1997. Hey, we were expecting our musical Baby Girl at that time. Debuting in January of 98... Anyway, in 97, Couric was interviewing Whoopi Goldberg, and she let the Katie out of the bag. Whoopi said, well, we've marched together for pro-choice. And Couric's like, oh, no, 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 I can't do that as an objective news employee. <laughs> Let's talk about the chapter you write called Choice. It's a yes. very, very personal chapter about yes. getting a call from your 14-year-old daughter yes. telling you, hey, mom, guess what? I'm pregnant. Yes. Shock, but relief that she told me. Then she gave you a double whammy and said, Mom, I'm going to keep this baby. So you write about choice, meaning what? Well, because, you know, when you get out there and you're marching, because we've marched together. No, yes. I'm not so allowed we, to no, do no, that. That's right. We have not marched together with somebody look like you. Um. <laughs> Yeah, the funny thing about 2022 is now you can do that and work for a news organization. Yeah, at this point, it's part of the leftist fringe benefits at National Public Radio. You can go out as a reporter or producer and march for feminism and quote-unquote anti-racism and LGBTQIA Disney+. Plus. It's all something you can do. Who thinks that's going to hurt NPR's image? Which it kind of just shows you. NPR is more concerned about keeping its liberal employees happy than what NPR looks like. They really don't care. They don't feel any threat whatsoever that the conservatives and the Republicans are going to turn off the money spigot. They're like, nah, you're not going to do that because we'll just pitch you as a bunch of anti-journalism fascists. Also last Saturday, our Alex Christie reported, despite all the claiming to still be pro-life, former RNC chairman Michael Steele did nothing but lob softballs to former comedian Liz Winstead. See, we're making Daily Show connections again. Liz Winstead lives on the idea that she founded The Daily Show. Now she has a group called The Abortion Access Front. So it was Liz Winstead and comedian W. Kamal Bell were on MSNBC to promote a video they made for Father's Day about how important it is for the daddies to support abortion. No cognitive dissonance there. Yeah, Steele was guest hosting the Velshi show, and we know Ali Velshi is very pro-abortion, so Michael Steele has to fill in and claim he's pro-life and he's a devout Catholic like Nancy Pelosi. I had to wonder, what's W. Kamal Bell doing there? Isn't he a CNN host? I mean, I know he does these little slanted leftist 
documentaries where he admires Antifa and and giggles over their brass knuckles. He's also done, yes, yeah, some fiercely pro-abort pieces for CNN. And when you do, when you see these ads where they go, this is CNN, and they show all these faces, they put Kamal Bell in there because, you know, diversity. So what's he doing on MSNBC? Oh, well. Liberals go wherever the liberals can talk. MRC culture intern Michael Ippolito noted that Vox.com had an article, speaking of dads and kids, it's titled, It's Important to Talk to Kids About Abortion. Why? Because they might be getting nonsense from pro-lifers. Research shows kids are getting exposed to these ideas, says Melinda Wenner-Moyer, a journalist who covers science-based parenting and who wrote the book, <laughs> How to Raise Kids Who Aren't A-Holes. Yes, I censored that a little. Yes, if we don't talk to our kids about hard topics like abortion, then we're just essentially ensuring they'll hear about them from other people. Yes, this is actually the point conservative parents make all the time about what happens to their kids in public school. We better talk to our kids about sex ed, pregnancy, LGBTQIA, because they're going to get a different set of lessons in a public school. And when you say, oh, don't worry, they won't discuss transgender ideology when your kids are in first grade. Oh, no, no. You can't object to that. Then they call it the don't say gay bill. Finally, I did this thing on the Jake Tapper show. Uh, it's actually a, a, a segment that appeared repeatedly. It was in heavy rotation at CNN, but started on the Jake Tapper show. Then it was on the Aaron Burnett show. Then it was on at four in the morning. Then it was on in the nine o'clock hour the next morning. Yes, they went fine, and they went out to find a sympathetic mom who had an abortion. They always do that, sort of like the single mother of three who had an abortion after she'd already had three. That's they they like that kind of a story. Jake Tapper described the baby killing as necessary medical care. He said Lucy Kafana visited Oklahoma and spoke to one woman who was forced to travel out of state alone to get the medical care she needed. Now, I question that on several levels. Why did she have to go out of the state alone? Is her husband a jerk? Oh, no, she has a daughter. So I guess the husband had to stay back with the daughter. They didn't want to explain to the five-year-old, mommy's killing your sibling. But it's the whole idea of she had to get the medical care she needed. The subject of the story was one Lori Brown Loftus, who faced an apparently terrible prognosis. She said that her doctor told her that the baby she was carrying would not long survive outside the womb after birth. So she got an abortion. But Oklahoma doesn't allow those, so she had to go to another state. So... Oklahoma is now horrible. It is a villainous state. That's why CNN is villainizing it and demonizing it around the clock. The pro-life position in this concocted storyline was only represented by an unrelated soundbite of Governor Kevin Stitt righteously saying, we don't believe in abortion in Oklahoma. And apparently some unidentified protester in Mississippi, yelling at abortion seekers that Satan will get them with hellfire! Hellfire! You know, they, now, the implication is that 
this is what our uh, Lori Brown Loftus faced, like this particular guy yelling at her. But no, she was apparently traumatized by protesters. Now, not all protesters scream hellfire. Sometimes they just kneel on the sidewalk and say the rosary. This is apparently also offensive because you, you just don't want to see. When you're going in to get an abortion, you don't need any troubling signs that maybe you're doing something wrong. See, in a democracy like America, protesters outside abortion clinics shouldn't happen. So the story ended with Lucy Kafanov saying, one woman sharing her painful journey, trying to end the stigma around abortion and help others feel less alone. Yes, let's always, this is CNN, ending the stigma around abortion. Is that a journalism goal? Is that what you call a news network is supposed to do? End the stigma? Yeah, CNN's going to run around and, you know, complain that the Bush-Cheney people tortured terrorist suspects. Well, you don't get to lecture about that and then say, well, we're also for abortion in the third trimester. We want to end the stigma. So I did some Googling. Who is Lori Brown Loftus? Because, look, sometimes these sort of subjects get located and recruited. I found the public Facebook page of Lori Brown Loftus, and you could see her in pictures with her daughter just like she was in the CNN story. She was identified on screen on CNN as a devastated Oklahoma mom. Here's what she wasn't uh, advertised on CNN. She's a liberal. Yes. Let's grant she received apparently terrible news, but this was a carefully constructed piece with a located subject. There on her Facebook page, her photos box showed Lori Brown Loftus touting herself as pro-women, pro-choice. She's for gay pride. The future is female was on her t-shirt. There was posts that also touted local Black Lives Matter protests. She matches CNN right down the line. Earlier on, she posted a photo of herself with the hashtag StandWithPP or Planned Parenthood. Isn't that special? So was she really devastated over the abortion? I hope so. But she wasn't too devastated to do this story because she stands with Planned Parenthood. Now, who brought her in? Well, also featured in the CNN story without any identification on screen or in the narration is state legislator Cindy Munson, Democrat. She argues the new pro-life law puts us in a very dangerous position here in Oklahoma. It is life or death for women. You notice fact checkers never break out at this. It's, it's a very dangerous to ban child killing. And it's life or death for women, but nobody cares about the baby. Is it life or death for babies? Yes, but that's we're just not going to focus on that anyway. On her personal public Facebook page, Lori Brown Loftus gushed in 2016 about this Cindy Munson, Democrat legislator. Quote, so proud to have such an amazing woman representing me and my values and interests as a Democrat. Also, she's legitimately the first politician I've ever known that is so genuine. So always consider when the networks select your man on the street or woman on the street or woman who has a terrible story, 
these are very carefully selected. They select the woman. They select the state. You notice they didn't say, well, we're going to go to a state like Colorado that says, have added abortion whenever you want. Go find some dissolute woman who's on her fourth abortion, and this time in the third trimester. They're not choosing that subject because, well, that doesn't match our narrative. There's, there's some very careful narrative shaping, something to always be concerned about when you watch the news on stations like CNN, and they love to claim they are the people that are against disinformation and propaganda. Really? Well, if you want these things to be exposed, if you want to see how they're doing it, how we get in there and dig around and expose it, you come to Newsbusters once, twice, 24 times a day. Thanks for checking in.